What is going on, everybody? Tyler Tuminelli here, your host with Entrepreneurship. Uh, this is episode seven, and I have an intro for you for this episode. Uh, today, I had the privilege of interviewing Dr. William Besman, who has a PhD in clinical hypnosis. This was a super interesting episode. We touched on a lot of topics. Um, there are a lot of misconceptions with hypnosis. Um, you know, I even think of a hypnotherapist as someone, you know, or I used to think of a hypnotherapist as someone with the pendulum who's swinging it back and forth, you know, taking control of your mind. And after hearing this episode, after interviewing uh, Dr. Besman, I was able to get a much better understanding of hypnosis and really how it can change your life. You know, it's able to, it helps you be able to take control of your subconscious mind, which is so much more powerful than your conscious mind. Um, I'll let him explain it completely in the episode. He did a great job. Um, we dove into some other things that uh, I really didn't know about, uh, like past lives and the chakra system. So I always encourage you to have an open mind when I bring interesting guests on the uh, on the show. I always try to have an open mind. I always try to ask questions and learn as much as I can. Uh, Bill has founded a an organization called Pathways to Health with his wife, Judith. I will have Judith on another episode in the future. They are both incredible people who have helped so many people and changed so many lives with Pathways to Health. Um, so enjoy the episode, everybody. Have an open mind and really grasp an understanding of hypnosis and how you can dive into your subconscious mind. And make sure you stay tuned for the end of the episode uh, Bill Besman did a special hypnosis se uh, session for us. So it's 10 minutes long. Um, it's about accomplishing whatever your goal is in life. So definitely give it a shot. Um, it helps you dive into your subconscious mind. Take 10 minutes out of your day and try out the end of this podcast. There is a special hypnosis session just for this podcast. So check it out, guys. So I'm here with Bill Besman, good friend of ours. I'm here with Luca Marca, the co-host of the show. What's going on, guys? Bill is a um, very interesting guy with a ton of knowledge. He's a mentor to us. He is an incredible figure who has a lot of good wisdom to share with you guys today. Um, so I want to dive right into your story, Bill. What's going on, man? How are you doing, guys? And uh, thank you for having me. Um, <clears throat> Just I'll talk uh, with the listeners a little bit about my background. My background is I'm a clinical specialist in psychiatric nursing. And when I first uh, became a nurse, I was not um, looking to go into private practice because there was none. You weren't allowed to. After a few years, um, they, they passed a law that nurses could go into private practice. And that was very appealing to me and uh, because I wanted to be paid what I thought I was worth rather than what someone else told me I was worth. And, um, but the biggest change in my life came when my buddy was a psychologist and he and I were gonna go into practice together. Uh, he said that we have to go for hypnosis training, right? So I said to him, are you crazy? Um, I had been hypnotized on my honeymoon uh, eight years before that and um, we entertained 200 people, right, my, my wife and I, but I couldn't see how, what that had to do with being a serious, you know, psychotherapist, you know, or a counselor to people. Uh, but he said, uh, trust me, he said, I've taken a couple of hypnosis courses uh, in graduate school. And I have to tell you guys, um, you know, in life, there are certain times that are very big, uh, you know, core issues or core times in your life when your life changes. And from the moment that I went kicking and screaming to uh, the first hypnosis training, and we were being trained privately, uh, my buddy Larry and I, with uh, uh, the school that we were in. Mm -hmm. And they started to teach me about the deeper mind. And it was very different than what I learned in uh, studying psychotherapy and psychology. Uh, I talked about how the deeper mind uh, is much more powerful than the conscious mind or the intellect. 
at that time, they were teaching that uh, the conscious mind was about 5 to 10% of our power, of our mind, and the other 90% was somewhere in the deeper mind. Um, and it's been known for a long time that we only use a small part of our brain, mm -hmm. right? And I, I believe that it's through hypnosis, uh, at least that's uh, I, I've learned since then, where we can access our inner strength, access mm -hmm. our creative energy, access our ability to make change in our own life, or if you work with someone else, mm -hmm. uh, to work with their deeper mind to help them empower themselves and make the change. Because up to that point, um, the therapies were either behavioral change therapy or insight-oriented therapy, meaning that, well, you just got to change the behavior. You don't have to ask why. That's the behavioral therapy. And the insight-oriented or analytical-type therapy, they were telling you, well, once they uncovered why they were doing something, that's insight, so they would make the change. And uh, I, I think both were wrong. All right? I think there's good parts to both of it, but neither one was really complete. And as I start to get into uh, hypnosis and understanding that power of the deeper mind, it made so much sense to me uh, on how it was working. Why, why weren't we taught this in school? Why weren't mm -hmm. we taught this everyday life? You know, this yeah. is really about life, about wisdom, about learning, about making changes, uh, empowering ourselves. And it, um, it's not about uh, the, like from the misconceptions that I had and that was reinforced on my honeymoon, which was with a stage hypnotist. And yeah, that's we, what everyone thinks when right, they hear yeah, hypnosis. Exactly. Kind of like they a, alluded that like we people were are trying power. to manipulate. I view like the little the little watch. The yeah. going by, yeah, yeah. No, he didn't do it with a watch, but he did it with his beady eyes mm -hmm. and he you know, had a flashy jacket on. And and then he said, something, you know, uh, my wife and I, they, they had, um, I think, probably 10 or 12 of us on stage. But he kept us up there last because I, we were, I guess, most responsive or whatever. And um, it made us feel very vulnerable afterwards, you mm -hmm. know. Um, and then he gave us, a, a, reinforced the misconception. He said, whatever you do, never get hypnotized again for at least a year, right? So when my buddy told me six, seven years later, um, or eight years, I think it was, I guess it was eight years, mm -hmm. he said... Um, I said, are you kidding me? I don't want to do that. I mean, I want to help people. I want to empower them. I don't want to yeah. control their mind or things like yeah, that. Most people think that you lose control with it, but you can actually gain control of your well, mind. Yeah, hypnosis is really a way of gaining control because it's increasing the communication between your intellect and the deeper mind. Mm -hmm. Because if you make a decision in your intellect or conscious mind, hey, uh, January 1st, is coming. I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to increase my exercise program. I'm going to study for this test over here. I'm going to apply for the, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, you want to make some changes in your life. That's great. That's a good plan. In mm -hmm. fact, it might even be a plan that your doctor recommended because um, you have high blood pressure or you're a little bit overweight and um, you're slightly diabetic. And the doctor said, you dropped those 20 pounds. I will have to give you medicine, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You lose that weight. So it, it's health motivated it, and it, it's sound logic, right? Yeah. But then you, you start, but don't complete it, right? And why is that? Because inside, in that deeper mind, there's some recordings in there, and a recording might say, you know, Tyler. You're meant to be fat. Or you, know. <laughs> yeah, you know, you always set these goals for yourself, and you never follow through. You know you're not going to do that. Now, yeah, it doesn't yeah. actually say that, but yeah. that's what it believes. Yeah. yeah. So when push comes to shove, let's say you're going to do that exercise program, and you're supposed to get up every day to go, and you're a little bit tired, and you know, there's a little resistance there, and then all of a sudden this part of you says, ah, that's true, I, you know, I never finish things, I never whatever. But if you made a commitment to Luca and said, hey, yeah, I'm going to be there tomorrow at 7.00, uh, chances are you're going to honor that more than the commitment that you might make to yourself. Yeah. But then there are certain things in our life that <clears throat> when we make a decision, we do. There's not a doubt in our mind. Like, let me give you an example. Let's say um, a woman who um, has been an exercise person for most of her life. She was an athlete in school and was always in the gym, mm -hmm. and um, she felt she was in good shape. 
and she uh, gets married and is having a baby. And while she's having a baby, she's you know still exercising and so forth. But towards the end of the pregnancy, they uh, the doctor says, you know, uh, there's a little challenge here, a little problem. I really don't want you exercising like that. Let's just, the last two months, just kind of uh, chill, take it easy, whatever, right? Well, this person, when she, when she would have the baby, right, and the doctor would give her the green light to go back to exercise, there's a damn good chance she's going to do it. So if she sets a date on next Monday, right, that she's going to do it because her CD uh, has already played that over and over again. That's familiar behavior. But if her girlfriend, who's been 30 or 40 pounds overweight her whole life and never really got to the gym, mm-hmm. and she says, I'm going to set that goal too, and I'm going to be there, and, and we're going to do it, chances are down the road she's going to be dropping out, right? Yeah. Because she has her CD says, I don't exercise, I don't follow through, I don't whatever. Yeah. But... Just in understanding that doesn't mean that the uh, the second girl that I described is going to actually uh, make the change. Yeah. Because there might be some resistance in the unconscious mind that believes it's protecting her. Mm-hmm. Right. And what might it protect her from? Well, maybe when she was developing at 12 or 13, she was uh, very attractive and maybe some older guy um, to her you know, looked at her uh, in some sort of way that made her uncomfortable or maybe approached her in some way that she felt uncomfortable and instantly her deeper mind felt vulnerable Mm -hmm. and she wasn't going to be vulnerable anymore. So suddenly she finds herself overeating and gains those few extra pounds and doesn't feel, again, at the unconscious level as attractive and she feels safe. Mm -hmm. So now this girl... Uh, this uh, young woman wants to lose the weight, wants to lose those 30 pounds because it's the right time in her life. She wants to, you know, uh, feel better about herself. She wants to take charge of her life and her girlfriend has been an exercise person all along. Yeah. So they start something together and they both start moving forward and they're doing great and she's feeling good. And let's say, you know, uh, like I said before, she might have to lose, let's say, 30 pounds. That's not obese, but she's just a little bit overweight and not comfortable. So let's say she loses 10 pounds and she's smiling, she's really happy, and someone says, uh, Wow, you look great. Right? So part of her feels good, and then another part, a red flag sets up, and suddenly, whatever she was doing, something sabotages it. She just can't get to the gym and she leaves her girlfriend flat, or, mm-hmm. um, Oh, I'm, I'm getting sick, um, whatever it might be. Yeah. And uh, it's incidents like that that we all have had. We've all had something like that, that you know, we set a goal and we don't follow through. But in other things, we set a goal and we do follow through. Mm-hmm. And it all depends on what our history is and what our deeper beliefs are. So as I was developing that and learning that, it made so much sense to me. And as I was working with my patients at the time, I was still working at a, a psychiatric hospital, but I was also in my private practice, uh, I was getting incredible results. And um, eventually I was able to leave uh, the uh, uh, main job. And uh, it's funny, it's interesting, you know, when you want to be an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. uh, I will tell your listeners that only tell that to someone who's done it. Mm -hmm. Because if someone hasn't done it, all they could tell you is why it won't work. (laughs) <laughs> Why your idea isn't going to work. You come up with a creative idea and someone's going to knock it down and knock it down and knock it down. Yeah. Because when I went to leave the state, you know, I was working for the state, all the, my dear friends are saying, are you crazy? You're going to give up the benefits. You're going to give up um, that steady salary. Because, look, when you're in private practice, it's fee for service. There's no guarantee of anything, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, of course. Someone gets sick, you don't. They don't come in, you don't get paid. You yeah. know? I mean, that's no what guarantees in life, though. That's what right. people don't understand. Well, exactly. Yeah. But one of the things I knew in uh, 1982 is when I went full-time into practice, I knew how the deeper mind works. And this is something for your listeners as well. The deeper mind cannot tell time, and it can't tell reality from fantasy. Mm-hmm. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, 
if I had a goal and a dream, which I want, at this point it was, I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to be ultimately responsible for what I was doing because I was working very hard in the psychiatric hospital, seeing a lot of clients, a lot of patients. Then there were people at my level that was doing next to nothing. Yeah. And you find that in those type of positions, there are some people work really hard, but a majority kind of just skate through and do what they can because they know that steady check is going to be there all the time. Yeah. But I wanted an opportunity to uh, to see if I could make it on my own. Mm -hmm. I knew that because I had that goal now and that dream, that if I didn't do it, I would have been 80 years old. Well, the thing that scared me not to do it was I didn't want to... Uh, be 80 years old, sitting on a porch in a rocking chair, saying, I should have, I could have, mm -hmm. and everything that I may have accomplished, I would have still felt like a failure. Yeah. But if I tried it, and it didn't work, then at least I wouldn't have been a failure. I might, might have said, well, this doesn't work. This isn't what it's cracked up to be. You know, I didn't particularly like it, or, mm -hmm. you know what, this is crazy. I'm going to go in another place or do something different, yeah. Yeah. you know? And so, but it was because I learned about the deeper mind. And <clears throat> my counsel is that once we have a dream, you must take steps to follow through with it. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, you're going to view yourself as a failure, as, uh, as fearful or what, whatever it might be. So um, getting back to my journey, because now um, I'm learning about hypnosis, putting in my practice, and then um, working with um, uh, this one woman who has uh, severe asthma. And <clears throat> in fact, her asthma was so bad that she had to live close to Stony Brook Hospital. I mean, like she lived like a half a mile away. Mm. And if somebody was spraying uh, you know, um, fertilizer anywhere in her neighborhood, if she smelt that, she went into full-blown, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, allergic reaction. Yeah. And uh, the uh, emergency room all knew her. Yeah. Because the moment they saw her, they knew they had a short amount of time to treat her before she would die. She would, I mean, oh. that's how, that's how. That's uh, severe, that's great. Yeah, severe it was, right? So anyway, so I'm working with her, and um, at this point I'm understanding more about a little bit more about the energy fields, and I'm learning about the, the chakra systems, the seven major energy centers in the early 80s. Um, <clears throat> and, um, but I'm also learning about past lives, right? So uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't, there was a time I didn't believe in it, wasn't sure about it, uh, but this was a perfect example. She wasn't my first, but it was um, a clear example. So I regress her back to the beginning of the problem with her lungs. Mm -hmm. And I don't remember the, the exact words. It was something like, when I get that asthma attack, it feels like I'm drowning, right? So I said, let's go back to your earliest memory of feeling like you were drowning. So in my thinking, where would that be? Maybe something happened in the bathtub when she was a kid and nobody remembered. Or maybe she, she was on a beach and... Mm -hmm. Some waves uh, knocked her over and she had to be rescued or something like that. And, th and then you forget about it, but yeah. the deeper mind never forgets, yeah. right? Yeah. So, but what happens is I regress her back and instantly she sees and she starts laughing. She says, Bill, this is crazy. I said, what's going on? She goes, my arms are bound. My legs are bound. I'm underwater. And I'm a man, right? So really, so <clears throat> I said, all right, let's back up the scene a little bit. And she was on a pirate ship and she was uh, a male working there and stood up to the captain and she was defending her position or something. She was expressing herself and uh, the captain didn't like it and felt that she, he was being insubordinate and literally had her walk the plank and they tied her and pushed her over and we picked up the scene while she was drowning and she so as we did a healing with it uh meaning um i let that part of her know that wait a minute that life is over and it doesn't have to affect her anymore she improved 
um, her symptoms by about 50%. Now, her lungs were so damaged by this point, but it was the uh, healing of this one lifetime that really showed me, oh my God, there's so much more to life than I was taught. I didn't want to, I didn't uh, even want to know about past lives. It was a scary thing for me. I was, you know, I, I'll tell you, I was so, I was so afraid of things on the other side or a ghost or a spirit or whatever you want to call it, that I was always so afraid to never admit <laughs> that there's no such thing as a ghost. Mm -hmm. Because I figured some smart aleck ghost would be hearing me and and frighten me at some point when. So what does that what does that mean when you say past lives? Because I don't really understand. Well, past lives, what I've come to understand now, it was different than even as I was understanding. It's it's from reincarnation that the soul reincarnates. That this isn't our only lifetime, and that goes back. Believe it or not. Jesus taught that, and um, there are excerpts of it's still in the Bible in certain areas about past lives and reincarnation. But um, at one of the uh, councils of Nicaea, uh, I think it was around 300 something AD, they removed all um, references to past lives or reincarnation because at that time they wanted people to think this is your only chance to to uh, do well, so you have to do it or you're going to go to hell. And that's what this this is about. So, um, but uh, many more people in the world uh, believe in uh, life after death and and their consciousness survives. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was through experiences like this, uh, another experience uh, that was pretty profound, actually came before this one. Um, I had... uh, Two young uh, people, they were college students at Stony Brook, and they were engaged. And up to the moment they got engaged, they were having, they, they loved each other, and, and everything was like in synchronicity, that everything was, you know, that this was their true love, and mm-hmm. everything was wonderful. The moment they got engaged formally, all of a sudden, they started to argue and fight and um so they came for couple counseling, right? And <clears throat> what I did was, I had both of them, I, I did an interview, I listened to them and so forth, and and part of that first session, I said, all right, I want to hypnotize both of you, and let's go back to where this began, where this turmoil began. Mm-hmm. And literally, both of them went back to a past life in Ireland, and... They start to talk with this Irish accent, the two of them, and um, I see that there's a story here, so I said, all right, um, let's just uh, hold that, wrap that in light, and um, I'm going to count you out, and we'll discuss it. So um, I I counted them out, and they both were starting to talk about some scenes that they were developing, you know, they were seeing, they were in it, they felt that they were in it, that she was at at her parents' home and waiting for the husband the husband to be to come and he was late and he wasn't there and her father was getting upset and he starts to say a little bit about, yeah, well, we were in the pub and, you know, uh, with my groomsmen and so forth. And I realized that, uh, you know, time was running out and that there's going to be a whole story. So I kind of just, when hypnosis, you could do this, said, all right, I want you to um, just shine light on it and let it go. And as you come back, you're going to feel much lighter and clearer. And next time I see you, we're going to, uh, we're going to work with you individually. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. The next time I, I re, re, um, dressed her back to um, that life, and she, the, they were waiting for uh, them to come, and, and they didn't come, and they were late. And uh, when I regressed him, they were in the pub, and they knew that they were late, but they were drinking, and they were having fun. And, and so anyway, um, I started to get the story from each of them. And then the next session, I hypnotized them both again. And we started to have them talk the story. And I had recorded it. And it was so profound how they each were telling a story from a little different perspective, you know. And <clears throat> what I uh, 
was uh, uh, concerned about was what happened. What, when did this turn bad? Because up to this point, you know, they had got married, and, and I worked through that, and everything was fine. But it was as they were living together, they had an argument. They were living in, in, in the, in the uh, they had a small house and they were living there. And they had an argument and she came and she was angry at him and went to, to hit him with something, you know, and he blocked himself and pushed her. But she tripped over something and hit her head on, on the stone fireplace and died, okay? So this is in a past life? This is in the past life, right? Mm, okay. So now... This came up as I was working with them in hypnosis, and they both said that. And, they, and then she said that, you know, that she went into light, and then mm-hmm. he carried this pain, this guilt. So what we discovered happened, once they were just dating, everything was wonderful. But the moment they got serious about getting married, the deeper mind wanted to protect them from her, her deeper mind from dying. Yeah. And his deep wife from being put in jail, yeah. <laughs> right? So as they cleared that up, um, their whole life changed again, and we were able to do a healing with it and let them know that that was in the past, but now they're together, yeah. you know, to repair. Do you still have contact with them by any chance? Like, do you oh, that, well, just like thirty years oh, ago. Oh, just thirty years ago. Yeah. yeah so they were, were they were they in the same room when they were doing that? Well, um, how does that work? First, it was um, I had them together. Uh-huh. Uh, for a short time. Then I took them individually and they told the story. Then I brought them back together to do the healing. Mm-hmm. And because um, I'd gotten a story from both of them individually, but I wanted to have the same story? That's exact same story, but two different perspectives. Does it always regress back to like a past life when you do hypnosis? Or sometimes is it something in your life that you. No, uh, in fact, I wasn't looking for a past life. I, yeah, I was just, just looking at what something happened yeah. in this life that triggered this, you know. Um, and it was uh, since then I've done thousands of these types of regressions. Mm-hmm. So it's at a point now that that is part of my belief system that our consciousness survives, and that as we are born, we tap into pieces of the consciousnesses from the past mm-hmm. that we need uh, to help us with this life. Okay. Like when you when you see somebody. Um, a child prodigy of three or four years old playing a piano like an expert. You know, if you regress that child back, that they were lifetimes as musicians and uh, coming through and they're just tapping into it. Because as children, we have a clearer communication with our deeper mind and our expanded consciousness. It's the stress of life and people tell us that's just your imagination that we start shutting that stuff down and don't pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. And then we end up uh, such a stressful society as that we have now, you know. But that was some of the, the turning points in my life. And then the more I got into uh, the deeper mind and work with people, the more spiritual I became, the more I realized that there's a presence inside of each of us that connects us to the, our higher power. Mm-hmm. And some people call it the higher self or we, we call it here at Pathways, the loving observer. It's the part of us, of our consciousness, that knows all about our humanity, but also is open up to the divine wisdom that the Creator has for us, the soul qualities that we were born with. So um, I was doing this work, and I was teaching classes, and, um, and about 1992, I was... Uh, teaching at Stony Brook University. I was uh, a faculty member of the School of Nursing, and um, one of the students in the class was Judith, who is our our partner, uh, my partner, and uh, now. And um, she was there with a girlfriend, and she saw, I had a guest lecturer, her name was Barbara Brennan, uh, a scientist who had a school of healing on Long Island at the time. Now she's in Florida and a Barbara Brennan School of Healing. And um, she came and talked and it impressed Judith. She was uh, uh, studying to be a nurse practitioner and she was very much a science person and saw that this scientist was talking about energy fields and talking about stuff like that. And uh, the next year, she 
said, well, I needed an easy two-credit elective, so she took my class on alternatives to healing that I was mm -hmm. teaching at Stony Brook. I taught for about eight years there. And um, my in intention with that was to teach these healthcare professionals, this was in the early 90s, that many of their clients or patients would be coming in with different belief systems, like how important nutrition was. That wasn't really taught in the medical schools at that time, mm -hmm. or chiropractic, or massage therapy, or acupuncture, or um, meditation, and relaxation, and of course hypnosis, because at that point I've been doing hypnosis almost 20 years, and becoming more and more of an expert, uh, an expert in it. So I would talk about the hypnosis and the power of the mind and so forth. And then I would have some people come in and talk about shamanism and why that works. And one of the things that we believe here is that learning hypnosis is the science of the deeper mind. And as you understand that, you can learn how a shaman can, can dance and, and uh, blow uh, herbal smoke and so forth and create healing in uh, a person because they're working with the deeper mind of the person and the belief systems and they're changing those beliefs and the shaman is very powerful and, is, and their belief is more powerful than an evil spirit that's causing uh, an illness or a disease or something. So anyway, <clears throat> make long story short, Judith started to take classes with me and at the same time, my partner, Patty, who, uh, our partner, Patty, uh, was taking classes uh, upstate New York with me. She had seen me speak somewhere, and her husband and her invited me up to teach um, my spiritual classes, my energy classes, my intuitive classes that I was teaching down here, up, uh, upstate New York. And um, Judith was taking courses down here after she graduated, and uh, we had a very professional uh, relationship. I was the teacher, she was the student, and, but I admired her, she was bright, and um, she became the first uh, nurse practitioner to have the title of medical director in New York State at a subacute unit. And wow. she set up the whole subacute unit and um, got it approved with all the uh, you know, credentials that they needed and so forth. To, for the uh, company that she worked for. So she was taking classes here and I was traveling upstate uh, mentoring Patty. And all of a sudden one day, um, now remember I believed in past lives at this point, but I never believed in someone said, oh, I was the queen of whatever, you know, and can you take me back to when I was the queen? And I just wouldn't believe that because my work was someone would come in with neck pain and we go back to the beginning of this neck pain and if it was a past life that might be hanging somewhere you know or it's or like like the girl who drowned or you know a bullet in the head uh something like that for a headache so there's all these different things that was all painful stuff because it would make sense that if something was unresolved in one life and you carry it into another, you're going to be carrying some of those symptoms, right? So it can help physical pain. Oh yeah, it can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about like disease too? Do you think it could help that too? I, I think um, it can if we can. There are times that we can identify a part of the deeper mind that takes credit for causing um, certain symptoms that can lead to disease, mm -hmm. you know, like fear, um, how it can uh, be trapped in the stomach and neck and over time uh, create an ulcer or irritable bowels or things like that, that when you actually address the core issue, mm -hmm. the person has an opportunity to heal it. But the real healing, I believe, comes from the Creator. Mm -hmm. And um, each of us have an ability to heal, but there's multi-factors in healing. Um, it's the right mindset, it's genetics, it's uh, the will of God, right? Um, but when those are in alignment, that's when miracles occur. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think so anyway. So let me tell you the story how we formed Pathways to Health. Yeah. Um, so Patty is 400 miles upstate, and Judith is uh, down here and um, working, you know, full-time as a nurse practitioner now, and uh, but taking classes. And then within one week, both of them called my office in a panic. Patty 
um, had this clear vision that she was meditating, and all of a sudden, this clear vision of two women sitting on a hill, right, listening to three men argue or debate. And the, the men were Jesus, Luke, and John, right? And the two women looked like they came from that time period. And she's telling me what they're arguing about and so forth. In the meantime, Judah calls my office, talks to her secretary. She was in meditation or after one of our classes, and she ended up writing 90 pages of, just couldn't stop writing, of <clears throat> the scene where she saw two women sitting on a hill, listening to three men argue, and it was Jesus, Luke, and, and John. And I didn't have to be a rocket scientist to, to say to both of them, listen, I think you guys got to meet, you know. And what happened is, uh, I didn't they tell them. They didn't know them. each other? No, they were 400 miles away. They never knew each other. And, <clears throat> but they had these uh, two visions, mm -hmm. and it upset both of them. Patty was a former nun for 11 years, and she was a nun for 11 years, then went on to be a psychologist and a school administrator. And Judith was a nurse practitioner, both very much in, in science, you know. Um, and uh, Judith was uh, Catholic, uh, uh, so of course, Patty was, and it was very strict. You, would, you couldn't uh, envision Jesus, that's sacrilegious, you know, with those strict religions. But so they were both upset. And I said, well, you got to get together. I just don't want you to meet. I told Patty she has to fly down. So she flew down. And they met in my kitchen, and they instantly called each other by the names that was in the writing. One was Miriam, and the other one was Mary. And um, they just connected and were the deepest friendship you could ever imagine instantaneously. And what we did that weekend, and then we started to have Patty come down uh, every month for a weekend, we would start, I'd hypnotize both of them to connect with that lifetime, and they both would start to tell me the story of Jesus in a whole different way than things that we've ever heard about or read about and so forth. And I had, a, like I said, I had a tough time believing this because um, uh, I didn't think that I think it was all about ego if you went to look for someone famous and that you were someone famous, you know. Um, but this was so real, this was so vivid, the stories made so much sense, and you could see where they varied a little bit from what we were taught and so forth, that we kept doing this uh, for about a year. We got so much information, and we started to understand more about different religions and so forth, and we felt that Jesus was teaching this thread of truth that ran through many different belief systems and um, that we needed to do something together. By that time, Patty retired and, um, and Judith and I were working full time. I was in my practice. And uh, so in 1995, we started to plan to open up a center, a, a spiritual center, and every one of our professional friends or colleagues told us we were crazy to talk about spirit in, again, this is 1996, uh, in, um, uh, health? as healthcare. a licensed healthcare professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, up to that time, uh, a healing center was a chiropractor and a massage therapist. Yeah, like physical. Right? It was spiritual. all physical, nothing yeah. about spiritual. Yeah. And here we're talking now, we're talking about past lives, we're talking about spirit, we're talking about um, uh, self-empowerment by going in and connecting with, with your own higher power and so forth. But we felt driven to do it and uh, we opened pathways against most people's advice. And we've been in existence for 22 years now teaching about spirit, teaching about um, how to go within to get the answers. So many of us are uh, looking outside of ourself for approval, right? Mm -hmm. uh, our friends, our teachers, our families, our, our, our wives, our children, you know, 
And um, <clears throat> when really the answer is to go within to find that peace. And uh, another way of looking at it is um, we're looking to fill a void inside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> what I've learned and what we teach here uh, with inner child healing and the hypnosis courses and the energy work that we, we teach energy work called ANRA, which is what our guides gave us in 1996. And we've been teaching it ever since then. Um, is that uh, by going inward, uh, we actually have all the answers that we need. So when I'm working with uh, people teaching them hypnosis and how to work with their clients, I let them know that you don't have to know all the answers. You just have to know how to help your client get in a place where he or she can get those answers for themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's the self-empowerment. And that all comes with the understanding of the deeper mind that hypnosis brings us. Yeah. And uh, from there, uh, we can use that to uh, uh, set goals for ourselves, to uh, uh, manifest, to achieve, what, you know, whatever it may be. And that's what uh, Pathways is, and that's what we do now. Yeah. So I know there's like a lot to it, but how would you, in the simplest form, explain how you get into the subconscious mind? Like, how do you bring someone into that? Yeah, state? Um, it's it's a lot easier than people think because it's. I believe it's a natural state. It's by just quieting the mind, by having people focus either on their breath. Um, once you give the conscious mind a job to do, then the deeper mind comes out. So... For instance, when people um, are meditating, uh, the, the guided meditation may have them focus on their breath, follow the breath in and out, mm -hmm. or um, relax their body, focus on the muscles in your forehead and scalp in a relaxation progression, for instance, or creating different effects <clears throat> in the body is causing the, the, your conscious mind to focus on it so that we have access to the deeper mind. Mm -hmm. The more stress we're under, the less access uh, the person has to their own deeper mind. So you mind. have to be in like a meditative state? You need to be in an altered state of consciousness, yeah, yeah. which is really very normal. How many of you, uh, you guys get caught up in um, uh, a video game and you're playing an hour and a half and it feels like it was 15 yeah. minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's hypnosis, yeah. right? But did you feel out of control? Oh no, you had an intense focus, an intense concentration. You That's read a what book called Flow? I read a book called Flow, and it's all about that. Like how you get in a state of flow. Yeah. That's what they Which call Which is hypnosis. Yeah. They, uh, they won't, most people don't like to use the term because it has so many misconceptions. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, it is that altered state of consciousness. Once we're in that, that's when we're more awakened. Mm -hmm. All of the healers from the past go into an altered state mm -hmm. to see more, to know more, mm -hmm. to, to open up to greater wisdom. Yeah, I see that with a lot of uh, successful people. A lot of people, like you said, like Tony Robbins, meditates right. every single day yeah, before he starts sure. his day. And you can see how like he's so like wise and he, and he has something to say to everyone he meets. And mm -hmm. that's why he's like the top you know, yeah. personal coach in There's the world. so much energy to yeah. He's able to maintain that high state of energy yeah. every single yeah. day. Because yeah. he's awakened. Yeah. Right? And you get you become awakened by that discipline of going within, mm -hmm. right? To go without. Mm -hmm. Right? Or to go outside. It's the journey inward. That's why our foundation course here at Pathways is called the spiritual journey within. Yeah. It's taking that journey within to discover your own higher self, your own uh, limiting thoughts and beliefs that, so that you could change them, to uh, discover um, how to be loving of self and, and so forth. You think you can kind of attract anything into your life? Like that, that's what so many entrepreneurs believe in the law of attraction. That's what they call it, the mainstream right. terminology behind it. But like, do you, does that kind of relate to this too? You, Absolutely. You yeah. When the, um, when the, uh, the uh, people were talking about the law of attraction probably five or seven years ago, uh, and it was big, and they have... Um, the Secret. The Secret came yeah, out, yeah. and the movie with The Secret. Yeah, yeah. Um, Judith and I developed a course, The Secret Behind the Secret, <laughs> because what they were saying and, and insinuating was, oh, yeah, I was broke, you know, and they have some of these experts, I used to live in my car, but then I manifested multiple millions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. you look at that, oh, wow, that's great. We could do that. You yeah, know, you actually have to work for it. You yeah. And 
And also, you have to release the blocks from the deeper mind that have been preventing you from being successful in the past. Mm -hmm. So when you release those blocks, and then you do have a mindset, and you are focused, and you are disciplined, yes, you can manifest these things into your life. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's not just... So how do you release them? Like, I know you said you, to get into it, you have to be in a meditative state. Mm -hmm. Now, once you're there, how do you go about releasing like something like yeah, that? Yeah, that's a great question. What, um, what we do is what we want to do first when we're working with somebody is help them create a safe place. In other words, uh, the first thing we do is teach them to relax and to be balanced and now and also to open up and create a safe place um, where their own heart light is expanded. Mm -hmm. And from that safe place, then we could go back to... Um, where any of these blocks began. And can it go to past lives? It can, but it also can be from the womb. Something could have happened in the womb um, that a person carries with them, or during the birth experience, or it could have been during childhood, or two weeks ago when you were in a car accident. One yeah. of my specialties is post-traumatic stress, handling post-traumatic stress and helping people transform. Yeah. Because the deeper mind... Um, has this memory of this tragedy and I, because it can't tell time, you could carry it forever. Yeah. So people, if they don't heal it, they are always, uh, when they're facing that uh, challenge, their anxiety level goes up, their heart beat races, you know, and they're um, feeling disempowered. And what we can do is go back to those events. And the science behind that is what I said earlier in, in the interview is that the deeper mind can't tell reality from fantasy and it can't tell time, okay? And because of that, we could carry something forever. 30 years is like yesterday, mm -hmm. right? If you had a trauma and uh, you're carrying it with you and something similar happens in your life and it awakens that trauma again. Yeah. Um, but we can also use your imagination to go back to that event and change the scenario, right? And then you would start to respond as if that didn't occur yeah. or it happened in the way you wanted it to be. And that sets us free uh, to release that. So the things we look for are what are the limiting thoughts and beliefs that we have about ourselves, about life as a result of that event? Um, where in the body is it stored? Do, do we have chest pain when that happens? Do we have knots in our stomach? Do we get migraines or does our neck hurt or whatever? And <clears throat> what is our reaction to it? Uh, example of that could be um, when um, someone uh, who, let's say, uh, was a child and uh, the house was on fire, right? And they're adults now and they haven't thought about it in a long time and you know maybe you know uh, no one was injured but just it was terrifying and they got out in time and so forth as a five or six year old but then someone says let's go camping right and they haven't been camping before and they saw it sounds good idea we're going uh, in the woods and a group of people get together and the first thing they do is they light a campfire and the person is, is sitting there starting to smell smoke and bang they could be triggered back to uh that event. Mm -hmm. It's an instantaneous regression, just like happens with music, right? You guys, I'm sure, have songs that you that hear memories. that are uplifting, yeah, yeah. right? They're, you know, you could be in a crummy mood and then someone plays the song that you like, right? Or that, and all of a sudden you start, you shift, right? Yeah, and they attach to memories. Too, right, they're right? exactly attached to memories. Yeah. But you could be in a good mood and go back to us and hear a song that reminds you of a first love that ended terribly. Yeah. <laughs> and instantaneously you're in that hurt and pain instantly. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's a hypnotic regression, right? Yeah. So uh, it happens all the time with us. Or um, you guys are still young, but, you know, people who are older and they haven't been back to their hometown in a long time or the street that they grew up on. And they turn down that street, and all of a sudden they start to get flashbacks of playing ball on the street or, you know, whatever was going on at, at the time in their life. That's an instantaneous regression. We're doing that all the time. It's just that we use that to help people to heal. Okay. And, and or to go back and empower themselves to when 
they did great. And when they hit that home run as a little leaguer, and now maybe under pressure uh, in high school, they're, they're choking under pressure, but they used to uh, do very well. Mm -hmm. So we could go back and help them remember that and bring that into the present time. Nice. Yeah. Does that have to do with chakras? Because I don't really understand what, what chakras are. Yeah, chakras are energy centers. Uh, there are seven main energy centers, and it's gone back for thousands of years in, in uh, the Orient, in China, in India, um, in Japan. They've, they've talked about the energy centers. And um, it's part of um, uh, the mind-body experience. And the chakras... Um, uh, is the area between our mind and uh, through our energy field into our body. So um, if we're out of alignment or if we're going through an anxiety attack, our chakras can be closed or overactive because the memory can be locked in, say, our solar plexus. Mm -hmm. um, so what we teach here is how to go work in the energy field and then at the same time as you're working with that, guide your client back to where this began so that you can make change not only energetically but with the deep with the deeper mind mm -hmm. you know it's like if you only do a part of it it's like um you had a massage right and you were all stiff and you feel better like the massage feels good afterwards right and then a week later you need a massage again because yeah. you're doing the same thing mentally that you're doing causing the stress and so forth mm -hmm. so the massage is wonderful but if you don't change the thought yeah and then sometimes you could change the thought but still carry the energy of it right mm -hmm. and that's where the chakra system comes in there's a whole study of that and um as judith um sought to discover the chakras as i was teaching it and then she took it even further uh, it made sense to her because it was the science behind the energy fields mm -hmm. that it that it shows. And when uh, you talk with her, she'll uh, be able to elaborate even more on that. And she loves. I don't want to take her thunder. She calls herself the chakra queen, and uh, <laughs> she's just amazing. And she's developed uh, a whole weekend course on the chakras. We see we teach parts of the chakras in. Um, Many difficult spirit journey and Anra and Master Anra, right? Each one doing a little bit more with the chakras. But then there's a whole weekend course where she teaches you uh, the psychology uh, of each of the chakras and how to balance them and how you can work with crystals or music or sound or um, energy to help someone go into balance. Nice. Because chakras change literally with the change of thought. Right. And that's your energy. Right. Gotcha. What you think uh, is is sent energetically to your body. Yeah, it's true. Right? It's totally true. So it's that mind-body connection. Yeah. But it's not the intellect that's the mind-body connection. It's the deeper mind. The subconscious. Right, the subconscious. So it's 30,000 times more powerful, yeah. right, than your yeah, that's what mind. The, that's what some people are saying now, yeah. 30,000 I mean, I don't times. know if they can actually measure that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's, uh, you know, an estimate. It's, yeah. uh, it's crazy. So just uh, for the listeners, if you want to make change, the best way to do that is to go within. Can you do it yourself or do you need like a guide? Well, you can learn it yourself. Yeah. There's a, a lot of things that you can do on your own. Yeah. And I would recommend you start that, you know, by meditating and going within and <clears throat> um, learning how to set goals for yourself. But the deeper mind speaks a different language than the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. See, the deeper mind takes everything literally. Right? So you have to make sure that when you communicate with the deeper mind, um, you say it in a positive way. Mm -hmm. For instance, uh, Tyler, if you go into meditation and you tell, uh, you, you um, give yourself a, a thought or a goal, I'm going to try every day to get up and work out. Okay, and that's what you focus on. I'm going to try every day to get up and work out. It's just the trying, huh? Right. Literally, the translation is you're going to try. doesn't yeah. mean you're going to work out. Yeah. So you'd want to say, I am working out every day. I get up each morning, and uh, it's easy for like me to get motivated. Yeah. So. Like, like affirmations is never like I try, right. I would. It's always I am, I will, I right. must. You know, yeah. it's, you, it's like you're going to do it. Exactly. You're affirming that you're going right. to do it. Because that's the language of the deeper mind. Yeah. Now, just saying that and not getting it into your deeper mind 
is not going to be as effective, yeah. right? Yeah. So that's why you want to work with both. Mm -hmm. And that's why we teach um, both parts of the brain, how to work with both parts. Every lesson that we teach is for the conscious mind, yeah. right? And understand that mm -hmm. because we're healthcare professionals. Something has to make sense, right? It's not just because, oh, yeah, the shamans did this for 50,000 years mm -hmm. and that's why it works. Well, that doesn't tell me why it works. Yeah, yeah. It tells me that technique may work. Yeah. But I always want to know why it works. And yeah. it's through this that helps me understand that. Yeah, if it makes sense to you, then you'll be more obliged to listen to it. And right. It and exactly. Act on it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. We got some great stuff. Yeah. So I guess we could, do you think we could wrap up with an sure. actual guided meditation? Or yeah. something like that? I could cut to that, but we could. Yeah. We got so much good stuff now. We could end it here. Thank yeah. you so much. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Thank you for being on the show. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Uh, thank you for inviting me. I invite you to sit back comfortably, close your eyes, and begin by taking three slow deep, relaxing breaths. And as you're inhaling, imagine that you're breathing in feelings of inner peace, comfort, and confidence, and releasing any insecurities, self-doubts, worries, or pressures. So that each breath helps you to relax more and more completely and totally so that you can focus upon accomplishing your goals, fulfilling your dreams, becoming the entrepreneur that you've always wanted to be. And to help you to accomplish that, I'd like you to take a moment and focus your attention upon the muscles in your forehead and scalp and allow those muscles to relax, to let go. Imagine any tension just simply melting downward. Your forehead, your temples, around your eyes, relax all of those muscles. The muscles in your face and jaw, loosen them. And as you begin to respond to your own focused attention, allow yourself to become more and more responsive more comfortable, more in alignment with your goals. Focus on the muscles in the back of your neck and shoulders and just imagine them loosening. All you have to do is think it and you create it. So create that relaxation in your neck and shoulders and let that relaxation flow down both arms to your hands and your fingers. Your body beginning to drift away from all pressures, away from all tensions, away from all outside concerns, creating a sense of inner peace, safety and comfort and focus on your chest and upper back and relax those muscles. Simply let them go. And imagine that relaxation flowing downwards into your abdomen and lower back, into your thighs and knees, your calves, ankles, and your feet. Feel your whole body relaxing completely and totally. And now, in the center of your chest, imagine a beautiful light. It's the light of creativity. It's the light of manifestation. 
It's the light of your soul. And in that light, it contains all of the gifts that you were born with. So take a moment now to activate that light and expand that light to fill your entire chest with a high vibration of love, of creativity, of manifestation. And expand that light to fill your entire energy field, creating a safe and comfortable space to open to your own divine creative energy. Allow that energy to flow through you into your heart and shine that heart light out to the world. And as you shine that beacon of light from your heart out to the world, you're letting the world know what you are manifesting. So just take a moment and picture yourself accomplishing those goals, being successful, standing tall and proud. Shine that light out to the world to draw to you the people and opportunities that will work with you to accomplish that goal. See it, feel it. Imagine what it would be like. Imagine it and feel it in every cell of your being. Bring that image of you crossing that finish line, accomplishing those goals, creating your dreams. See it and feel it. Any doubt that comes up, any part that feels I can't, I don't know how, watch as it dissipates in that light of your soul, that light of creativity, of manifestation, of accomplishment, of inner knowing. And imagine now, Imagine standing on top of an incredible mountain, looking out to the world. Shine that light out from that mountaintop, out to the world. See it, feel it, know it to be true. And if any challenge comes, You'll be able to draw upon that creative energy to transform it, to overcome it, to move through it. And in doing so, you develop greater skills, confidence, a greater sense of self, an inner knowing that nothing will stand in your way from fulfilling your dreams. And many times each day, take a slow, deep breath. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter who you're with, and picture yourself at the top of that mountain, having accomplished those goals, feeling proud of yourself, in deep gratitude for what you are able to manifest, to create, to accomplish. See it, feel it, and know it to be true. And each time you listen to this, you take another step on your path of success, of achievement. 
So gradually now, as I count to five, let yourself come back feeling lighter, clearer, freer, with a deep inner knowing. that that goal will be yours. One, two, three, just feeling really good now. Four, the confidence growing, your mind clear, focused as your eyes begin to open. And five, balanced and clear, confident and successful.